Tonight, another cold case from the Metro Police Homicide File. It's a murder from 1973. The longer a case goes cold, the harder it is to solve. Maybe if it was solved, if they could find out who did it, um, it would help. We're hoping that someone saw something, knows something, remembers something that might help us finally find justice for her. Welcome to the Searching for Closure podcast. Originally, I had a much different episode recorded, but in light of recent events, I decided to record something different. I learned fairly early on in my investigation that I was in over my head. I've never had any training. You can watch all the documentaries and CSI shows in the world, but it still doesn't prepare you for this sort of thing. I was learning as I was going, and I've learned a lot from my mistakes, and I'm still learning. I've learned that people want to forget this tragic event for a reason. People don't take kindly to painful memories being brought up by some stranger. I understand why people are skeptical of me. I get it. And I apologize to anyone I might have upset. That was never my intention. I had the highest of expectations when I started this case. But I was wrong. I just thought that I would either find nothing and this podcast would only be a couple episodes long or somehow I'd crack the case. It shouldn't be a major surprise to anyone that I really didn't find anything. I'm not Sherlock Holmes. I'm, I'm not a great detective. I've invested a lot of time and effort into this. I've missed out on a lot of things in my own life because I either needed to do research or I needed to record or edit an episode. The amount of hours just reading reports and articles alone is astounding. Luckily, my job allows for a lot of downtime where I can use my phone to research and work on notes. But staring at a screen for hours and hours a day, trying to make sense of things from 45 years ago is enough to make anyone's head hurt. Like I said before, this podcast consumes a lot of my time and energy. Sometimes I get so deep into it that it feels like dozens of hooks that are attached to chains are dug into my brain from every angle and they're pulling in different directions. 19th century German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche has a great quote that I feel fits in well with my investigation into this case. He said, whoever fights monsters should see to it that in the process, he does not become a monster. And if you gaze long enough into the abyss, the abyss will gaze back into you. I started to see things differently after thinking about this case nonstop. All those gruesome details were playing in my mind. It brought sleepless nights and it weighed heavily on me. I started to see people differently. I start to imagine a kid walking down the street as a possible victim of a murderer who would never get caught, and I would feel like this sudden rush of panic to go warn them. I'd start to look at strangers on the street with suspicion, 
wondering what kind of sick things they've done in their life. I'd look someone in the eyes in passing and wonder if they've ever killed someone. I'd also grown suspicious of people who were only trying to help me. Maybe people were throwing me false leads, trying to throw me off the case. I thought maybe the killer was actually in the Facebook group, listening and watching to see what I'd found. Well, the killer can rest easy, because I'm no closer now than when I first started. I know some more details that's true, but I haven't found anything that isn't just a Google search away. The lack of leads and new information, the toll this case has taken on my mind, and the regret of bringing up painful memories of people just trying to live their own lives, trying to overcome a tragic event in their past, has led me to this point. I don't have any business looking into people's personal lives. I'm not a cop or a detective. I don't have any business contacting people and making them relive that horrible event. Also, for the safety of me and my family, on the off chance that I actually do get too close or I offend the wrong person by asking the wrong question, I'm officially ending my investigation into the Tina Davison cold case. So where does that leave this podcast? Well, I feel like I can still do something good with this podcast. That was my only intention when I first started it, to do something good and try to help. After a lot of soul searching and a weekend of driving and contemplating everything, I've decided to move forward in a new direction. I'm going to take a month or so off and regroup. When I return, I'll be branching out in a different direction. Searching for closure will no longer be a serialized, real-time, ongoing investigation. Instead, each week, every episode will be an individual case. Instead of trying to solve an unsolved murder, I will bring light to missing persons cases from across the country. Every year, more than 800,000 children are missing in the United States. That's one child every 40 seconds. In 1980, roughly 150,000 people were reported missing that year. Now, the number is more than 900,000. There are as many as 100,000 active missing persons cases in the United States at any given time. I started this podcast with the dream of trying to help solve an unsolved murder. I feel that I failed. And I feel a bit like a coward for giving up. But moving forward, perhaps I can help bring a little closure to a family who is searching for their son, daughter, father, mother, or friend. I will be investigating each case I present, but only to properly give the events and details involving the missing person. I'm not the world's greatest detective, but it seems that a lot of listeners do enjoy the way I present the subject matter. Again, I apologize to anyone I've hurt or angered in my investigation by forcing them to relive these events. I also apologize to anyone disappointed in me for giving up on this investigation. It was a really tough, difficult decision, but I think it was the right one. 
I'll still be searching for closure after I return from the summer break. But now, I'll be doing what I should have done from the start. Instead of playing armchair detective, I'll simply be the voice to spread the word of the missing and the unsolved. A big thank you to everyone who helped me in this investigation. There were three women specifically that really helped me in Tina's case. I won't name you because that's not my place, but I hope you know who you are. And I hope you know how much I appreciate your help. I also want to apologize to Tina. I didn't know you, but I really feel bad for not finishing my task of solving your murder. You deserve to live, and your friends and family deserve closure in your case. But who knows, if someone could actually ask her about me in this podcast, she she might think I'm a goof for wanting to help. I don't know, but I feel bad regardless. During the break, I'll still be active on the Facebook group page, which can be found at facebook.com slash groups slash searching for closure. And once I return from break, every episode I post, I'll also post details, the tip line phone numbers, and the photos of the missing persons on the website, searchingforclosure.com. Maybe someone somewhere has seen them or knows something that can help bring them back home. Until next time, thank you for listening.